0: rcr with paul brennan reality check radio have you heard of regenerative farming i think i've heard about it before but i want to find out more and you probably do too we're curious as always here at rcr so we thought we thought we'd talk with john king who is the director of succession he's a facilitator author speaker on holistic and regenerative farming and also part-time, well, he was anyway, at Lincoln University, New Zealand, and author of the book, Curiosity, Farmers Discovering What Works. John, welcome to RCR. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, no. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. So I think we know the meaning of regenerative. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But the impression to the average person in the street, and that's me, is that farming farming's under attack, is it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's there's there's, uh, there's 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 a whole lot of policy that's going on at the moment, and uh, and that policy is really stretching, um, you know, farmers in, in ways that that they're not expecting. Okay, so the and they're not getting a lot of help out of the market. So you know, you're doing all these great things for the environment, but you know, the market collapses or something like that, right? So you've got that kind of thing happening as well. But I mean, the, coming back to you know to policy in particular um you know we're seeing we're 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 seeing a lot of um you know it's funny you know politicians almost use the same language as scammers you know you've you've got to change right now or else you're going to miss out that kind of thing yeah and that's what we're seeing is is this this real impetus to do things right away and farmers just take a bit more time to actually get the ideas you know to, to to assimilate and actually pick up the ideas i mean i think oh there was a um there's a good, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a retired scientist, Tom Fraser, and he points out that if it's a really good innovation, it takes five years to get t- into 20% of the farming community. That's, right, how, okay. that, that's how, that's how, that's the speed with which things work.
0: So it's like trying to turn around the super tanker or stop yep. it. You can't do it quickly. you got to, yeah, you got to take that's some
1: it. time. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of invested interest to keep things the way they are. And, and because it c- requires money to change things. And I, so, yeah. You know, th-
0: I, I watched a video, one of your videos, and I was interested to see because you sort of, um, you, you know, you, you cut up the pie, you divvied up the pie, and in the end, the 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 money for the farmer was only ten percent of the whole process, which I thought was pretty low.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering the- all
0: the work that went in.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, crikey! Look at um, if you want to check things out, go and have a chat with Jeremy Clarkson. You know, he's the one that's pointing all that out. You know, he's doing a great job of 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 highlighting the problems uh, with farming.
0: So, how come uh, how come that slice is so small?
1: Well, farmers abdicate um, a lot of that away because, as I say, in in there, you know, fifty percent of the retail dollar goes to the marketers. So if you're a dairy farmer that'll be Fonterra right yeah and then and then there's all your suppliers so so you know if, if, to to get that that other 50 cents you've got to pay a whole lot of money to, to your suppliers, and that includes things like your fertilizer companies the agrochemical companies um, your banks irrigation companies all that kind of stuff so all that and and all those organizations are well-skilled up on knowing just how much money you've, you're going to be making for the size of business you have, and they know primarily what, what cost to, 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 to uh, promote their products through to get the maximum benefit for them.
0: So there are middlemen everywhere.
1: Yep, yep. In fact, one farmer told me he believes that there's, I might have come from a study, that for every farmer, there's at least 33 uh, uh, people that are, that are drawing an income from that person. You know that wow. whole thing around. You know the, the art of being a good parasite is not to not to kill the host. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. where that fits in, right? That kind of thing.
0: So very parasitical, by the sounds mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, don't kill the host. Just keep that's them it. going just enough so you can keep sucking off them. It's probably not a very technical way of putting it. Okay, so um, you mentioned politicians like scammers. Uh, the way it, that sort of talk indicates, really, you don't know what you're talking about, right? When when they when they say those glib things.
1: We've got to be careful here because I mean, I, I don't blame it. You know, I don't blame politicians. It's the it's the people that are in behind them, the consultants that are actually. Well, no, they
0: the know. Drumming. They know if they say the wrong thing, they won't get elected. So they're thinking of themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, they are, and yeah. uh, uh, it's 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 you know it's a it's a, it's it's a bit. You know, we all know it's a bit like you know Yes Minister, that you know British comedy from the eighties, right? It's the civil servants that drive everything and uh and so it's the people that mix with those that are influencing where policy is going and if you're if you're a farmer and you're busy 24 7 on your property there's no way you can you know have the time to lounge around the and the back row of the backbenchers pub there to to tap people on the shoulders they come in and out that kind of thing right right. you know what i mean so it's you know it and and we and i you know i think that's what we're seeing with the current um uh, uh cabinet and so on is that their their inability to actually um uh get their ideas across to the public you know they're, they're, they've struggled with their marketing with a lot of their policies that they've brought to the to the fore and uh and i think now that's what that's what's happening and and i think this whole swing to the right that we're seeing uh not just in farming but right across the country is is due to the is due to that people do not feel listened to by yeah. the yeah. bureaucracy you know you know, um alan Savory has a great uh saying he says you know what is it about bureaucracies that make them watertight to new information and produce outcomes like that lack common sense and humanity. And and that's what we're dealing with is that it's it's a it's it's how do we change bureaucracy to actually listen to people? Because it's people- the
0: worst of all worlds what you just uh, described. There.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um
0: and, and it's interesting too because a lot of politicians particularly in the past maybe right of center on that side have been
1: farmers. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's there's was, there's was a huge political um uh, um group of politicians that that had a farming background, and of course, you know basically the country was run by farmers if you go back a hundred years. so you know that's that's there's a there's a strong uh, yeah, there's a strong connection between politics and farming because it's you know it's such a tough career to be in.
0: We'll get into the concept of regenerative farming in just a moment. I'm curious to get your opinion on where farming and the current way that farming is operated. Whether it is actually a threat to the environment, because we're told it is all the time. Is it actually?
1: I think I'm of the opinion um, that the biggest issue, I mean, the the farmers that I mix with, the farmers that that are interested in my ideas, are trying to get away from agrochemical. Agrochemical is the big issue. Okay, and we don't hear about that in the media. We just hear about nitrogen. But ac- I think agrochemical is the big issue. The you know, use of herbicides, insecticides, um, fungicides, those kinds of things is really what's driving farmers to look at alternatives. Because quite often when they're using those things, after a while they find that it's not actually addressing the root causes of their problems. And that's where a lot of the technology things that farmers are now grappling with, are slowly finding out is that, is that they've been oversold. The science has been oversold. And what they're what they're what they're now grappling with is, you know, they're, they're told to go and do something. They go and do it, but it makes no difference. It just costs them a whole lot more. But the price for the product they're getting hasn't gone up, and the amount of money that they're getting is not going up. So, so they find that they're actually making less money using all these things.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, th- there have been other examples of that recently too. Absolutely, being sold a, a bill of goods that uh, didn't quite uh, work out okay but but i'm what i'm thinking is in terms of is the criticism of farming in terms of uh the it's damaging the environment from a climate change point of view and that you know there's an assault even on meat eating now as a result of that oh. is that actually a thing
1: i mean i don't think so i think that you know it, what's interesting is that um a lot of the science is is really really interesting you know for example the greenhouse gas laboratory spent years trying to get you know, gas emissions and so on from animals in the paddock could, ne- could never get anything consistent. The moment they took the the animal out of the paddock and put it in a cubicle, and they could measure every odor that that animal could squeeze out, all of a sudden it's become a liability.
0: Well, of course, that's an obvious thing.
1: That's right. That's this is one of the drums we have around science: is that if you take something out of it out of its context and put it in a test tube, and then say to people that's how it works, you've completely missed what's what actually holds everything in balance and what's the balance and checks are that kind of thing. And that's one of the things that I think that we're dealing with, 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 you know, some of the angst between the, the conventional farming or traditional farming and, and what's happening with, with, with the regen guys is that, um, you know, there's, there's some real issues around, around science. Science, the way we do science, where you do the peer review and that kind of stuff strips the context away from the data that you're looking at. And as a farmer, you want to know what the limitations are of, of, a, of, a, of um, the science that's coming through, because it, you might be farming in a different part of the country or using a different you know, crop or, li- or livestock or whatever that kind of thing. And as, as you know, farmers will tell you, scientists are great for telling you everything brilliant about something, but they never tell you its limitations. And, and so what I think farmers are really missing is a sense of reality when they're being you know, told about the science that's out there, about the things they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, what is oxidising grassland? Just-
1: so yeah, so that's, I, I saw um, it
0: mentioned. Though. I thought, I yeah, wonder yeah. what that is. I got to ask him.
1: So, uh, so I, I follow a guy called Alan Savory, and he's been um, running around the world for the last fifty years, saying livestock's going to save the planet, right? And um, and he comes from Africa, and in, in Africa, like two thirds of the of the world's um, uh, land mass, uh, has an environment that's that's very, very seasonal. Okay. You might have 40 inches of rain, but it might all fall in six weeks. And then the rest of the year, you've got sunshine. Right. And so what happens there is that when the plants grow, that they grow to full height. And then when, the when the taps, when the taps turned off, they, they all go like straw. Right. And if there's no disturbance like livestock or wildlife, or that kind of thing to, 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 to eat the plant or trample it into the soil, then the sun can't actually get to the growing points at, of the plant, which are actually right just above the soil surface. And so, if that doesn't happen, that plant dies, withers away, and with it goes the topsoil. And what that does is that that creates your erosion. And so then you that's how the, that's how deserts expand. It's not a it's not a it's not a um, a sand hill rolling down from the Sahara into Africa. It's the space between the plants getting wider and wider and wider right. because of that. And you look at places that now that are having all those big wildfires at the moment, I bet none of those places actually have grazing animals being used to to strategically to to reduce the fuel loads. You know, it's like like the Lake Fire and the Mackenzie a couple of years ago, that kind of thing, right? That was caused by the the Department of Conservation resting the land, which they do very, very well. It's their only tool in the toolbox. And so as a result of that, you get this huge uh, uh, fuel load sitting there yeah, and 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 as soon as it, you know, if someone drops a, a cigarette in there, boom, you know, it just it's just a it's just a tinderbox, and so um, so oxidized grass is is this, if 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 you've got this oxidized grass happening, it's not being addressed. Then what happens is that that drives migration out of those areas because there's no. Um right. you can't grow anything, okay? And, and and then you end up with all these issues that we're seeing in Europe right now. And sooner or so, later it's so, gonna to come to New Zealand. So, yeah. so
0: livestock is part of the circle of
1: that. Yes.
0: To 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 keep things basically growing.
1: That's it. So what savory is saying is that there's no technology that we can that we can that we can design that will that, that gives us the flexibility that livestock does in that situation. And that's what he's been trying to prove for the last 50 years and and well, you can see this and you can actually see the same thing here if you go you, if you go into the high country you can find where the boundary is between the department of conservation and the farmers because on one side of the fence there'll be um a, a green tussock grassland pumping away with you know you know pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and so on on the other side of the fence literally on the other side of the fence it's bitty bids and bare soil now, what does bare soil do with with the day's heat? It reflects it back up into the atmosphere. So you could argue that the that the Department of Conservation's policy by resting this country, removing livestock out of it, is actually contributing to climate change.
0: So that's a contradiction, isn't mm. it? A glaring one yep. potentially.
1: Yeah. And How do they explain that, that they, one away? <laughs> well, they don't. They just say, Well, this is this is what we want. This is natural.
0: Right. But so, that, cause, form, cause,
1: yeah. cause that, that that's and this is what you know Alan Save would argue has been the biggest drama he's dealing with is this belief that only that livestock can only destroy the environment.
0: Yeah, well that's right. what I was wondering because that contradicts that. You can see where they fit in in the cycle, actually. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that would be without farming. That would be in the natural if you're talking about Africa and the grasslands yep. of Africa, that's, that's how it. it would operate, right?
1: That's it. So what happens there is that the predators um, uh, shadow the, the 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 ruminants and that creates the disturbance so they're never staying in one place for very long and that disturbance is enough to create the diversity that keeps the African grasslands thriving
0: Wow, okay so to grow that pie that we talked about before beyond that 10% because it sounds like it's always going to be locked in to about that if the current uh, c- configuration continues and all those middleman parasites sucking off it what what does a farmer a modern farmer have to consider doing now to uh, let's say double that
1: yeah okay so i mean i mean they've got got two options either they can market some of their own produce and plenty of farmers are out there uh, giving a go at that and so they might take 10% of their milk and make cheese with it, that kind of thing. So they can, so what they can do there is they can actually get into the, into the marketer's side of the pie, if you know what I mean, and, and claw a bit of, uh, a bit of that back. And the other side is to look at what resources that they're using. And one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help farmers understand is that if you can find a natural process through understanding the, the, the laws of ecology, then um, that replaces an input, well, that steps you off the inflation cycle. That gives you much more flexibility. And so, and so that's what we use livestock for. Is that you use livestock have mouths, but they also have feet, so you can use their feet to, as, as a job for trampling things and and improving the environment by getting uh, material onto the soil surface so it'll it'll decay.
0: So that uh, negates chemicals.
1: So uh, not what? in all instances, but in and a in a lot of instances, farmers can actually use that. Yeah, and and um, and reduce their need on uh, on. You know uh chemical synthetics and things that's right yeah
0: so i noted down a few things here um that you mentioned so you might want to speak to some of these as individual things the water cycle the mineral cycle sunlight harvesting biodiversity management and i think what you've just mentioned selling straight to the customer and dumping that middleman let's go through those things the water cycle first
1: so let's just talk about let's just uh, just broaden this out a wee bit so what we're talking about with the, with with the water cycle the mineral cycle a concept called energy flow which is all about harvesting sunlight right. and and community and community dynamics which is the ever-changing populations of biodiversity those four processes are, are, are all to do with ecosystem functional landscape function okay and what we're trying to do is optimize landscape function so the thing that there is that is that we want you know, we want to optimize the, the water and nutrient cycles and the energy flow and the community d- dynamics okay and so they they are inextricably linked one doesn't operate without the others okay so there so if you influence the water cycle because you've taken all the uh, vegetation off and you've plowed the soil over okay that's going to simultaneously influence how um, nutrients are cycling through the soil. The amount of sunlight that, that that soil will capture, and of course the biodiversity. So, so what we're looking for there is to help farmers understand that that those uh, processes are the basis of their business. That's the engine room of the business. And if and, and the drama is is that is that the industry is it, it, um, when it comes to, say to the water cycle, for example, their focus is well, if, if I'm an irrigation company, my idea is to efficiently get the water to the farm. You never hear of an irrigation company explain to farmers, how do you improve the water absorption capacity of your soil? Yeah. There's no there's no textbook to show you what a soil surface should look like to absorb 100 mil of rain an hour, for example, that kind right. of thing, right? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to get the farmers to understand is when you look at the soil surface and below, if you want to get into soil tests and things like that, that's it's really important, but it's a, that structural um, um, form of the soil is really important to absorb every. You know, when someone rings up and asks, you know, what how much rain did you get last night? You want to be able to say, I got it all. Now that kind of yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, not and, not having a run off. That's it. That's it. Now, in a broader sense, um, that's also providing a public good. Okay, because if we've got farms that are absorbing most of the rainfall, that's going to reduce the frequency and severity of droughts and floods. That's gonna make sure that communities, uh, the business and, and smaller communities are gonna remain viable for longer, that kind of thing. And, and one of the things that, 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 um, that, that I, I, I point out is that, imagine if we could actually um, package that as a policy and go to the local council and go, OK, you know, we've got soils here that we're measuring it, you know, pulling in four inches of rainfall an hour. We're providing a public good. Can we have a, you know, can we have a rebate back on our rates? Yeah, and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, that's yeah exactly. But I mean, that's yeah. you could you know argue I mean?
0: it, you could yeah, argue you could.
1: it. And absolutely. And and, and uh, uh, that's really what we're, you know, that, that, that's the benefit of helping farmers understand the relevance of these eco processes in farm production. Hmm. Okay, because, you know, what we're looking for is we're looking for, you know, to absorb the rain or the irrigation, so there's less irrigation passes, okay, to hold more in the soil, okay, which means it's going to um, uh, um, uh, allow you to uh, have a longer growing season between rainfall events, okay. That means you're going to be sucking in more carbon, because if you've got a green leaf, okay, there's photosynthesis happening. So when photosynthesis is happening, that's, that's the creation of sugars in the plant, and those sugars get stored in the plant, but they also get pumped out into the soil to feed the biology in the soil. And right. that's and so that's what creates structure in the soil. It's the biology in there, living and dying, doing their thing. And they create the the structure which allows more water to be held and more air to be held in the soil, that kind of story. That's where that fits in. Yeah. And then and then the other thing is is, you know, the as that improves, then the biodiversity tends to increase.
0: Okay. So, so again, um, for someone listening um, who might, you know, be thinking about their water rates in, in you know, rural applications, what is the potential offset there? Um, can you say, like, you know, you've got the right soil, the right absorption going or, or optimal absorption, H- how much less irrigation could you need? Is there any way
1: well, of... Well, uh, I put, put it this point. way to farmers. If, if, if your soil is only absorbing half of what you put on, what are you missing? What's the potential there, for example? Well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Up. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, so, so, so that's what hits them, you know, between the eyes pretty quickly, you know, so.
0: What about sunlight harvesting? Because no one's got any choice on, on you know, how cloudy it is or how sunny it is. So what do you mean by that? How does that so that's
1: So that's to do with, uh, these. easiest way of describing that is, is, is the season length. Right. Okay. If you've got water in the soil, um, more water in the soil, then your growing seasons like to be longer than someone's got less water in the soil. So that means, so, and that's what I've just that description I talked about a minute ago about the boundary between the high country farmer and Department of Conservation. That's a that's a reflection of that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can actually see Very it. Simple. You can yeah. see
1: it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously, you, you just touched on on going direct to the market, but that's difficult, isn't it? Because you need to establish relationships and outlets, and that's not easily done. That's why the middlemen do have power.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's. I think when farmers uh, go and give that a go, doing their own thing, they find out that uh, that you know that it's, it's a lot more time and effort than they originally thought, because it's all about developing relationships okay so that's so that takes time you know you, you know it's, it, it's the whole thing about a relationship is that it requires investment and that investment is time and if you're a farmer you know you've got a zillion other things to do in a day so so that becomes a bit of a challenge and so that's you know so that's where you know the the marketers um have a, 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 an advantage they've got the time to, be able to go and and you know shake hands and and buy beers for people to be to to, to do the marketing with you know that kind of story
0: wouldn't exactly. it be easier to sell in the current uh, climate anyway, forgive the pun, the more environmentally friendly, like we're talking, product, over and above the chemicalized product?
1: Uh, wouldn't that be lovely? But people are, are, are um, uh, at the end of the day, price matters. Okay, so you could be, and this is what some of these farmers are now finding out, is that they're doing all the right things and then the market price crashes, you know, look at the guys that are doing wool. Look at the thing about wool recently. You know, the, you're doing all the right stuff, and then the government decides to put polyester carpets in all the schools, you know, that kind
0: yeah, of stuff. Yeah, now, know. why would you do that?
1: Exactly. Exactly, you know? So, so I mean, this is, again, is, it, is this, you know, is, how, where does this fit into government policy regarding, you well, know, unless you climate want to destroy farming. You know?
0: If you want to destroy farming. Yeah. Well, I mean... You'd do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the whole dramas in farming really started in the 80s here when we had the wool price crash. And then, and then we switched from fat land to lean lamb, So that drove up the use of nitrogen. And then the nitrogen became as cheap as chips because we had Kapuni. And then at the same time, you have a change in the way we do science. So we move away from science for community good to science that's corporately sponsored. So all of a sudden, everything that comes out of, this, out of, the, out of the research institutions is a silver bullet. And that silver bullet is really only focused on a very narrow range of, of benefits and then we end up with all these unintended consequences because
0: it's all about the money. Yeah, at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah, it never used to be, right? Is that what you say?
1: So no, I mean it's always been about the money. It Doesn't matter where no, it no, is, but, the, but, but it how that how...
0: for knowledge's yeah, the... sake rather than to have yeah. IP to sell to a corporate.
1: That's it. So 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 instead of looking at management to solve your problems, there's always the silver bullet.
0: That's, what that's sort that's of uh, interest are you getting
1: now? I think that, um, yeah, there's certainly um, a lot more interest, I think, these days than maybe 10 years, 20 years ago when I first started. Now, people are starting to get um, the, the, the problems that, we, that we're facing with, um, and that's going to continue with. I mean, uh, there's people out there talking that the ener- access to energy by 2030 will be the same as what it was in the 1980s. So that's going to have a big impact on farming systems and and particularly the, the things that they, that, they, that they use for inputs.
0: Sorry, just describe that analogy that you made. The, the access to energy will be the same as the 80s. What, what do you mean by that?
1: So, the, well, they're talking that, um, that because the, the, the fossil fuel industry is declining at such a rate, apparently, okay, that the, that the, other, that the alternative sources of energy will not, um, will not be able to keep up with the rate of energy demand that we have now.
0: Well, so why would you go down that road then, I wonder?
1: So, well, I mean, that's where a lot of farming is, deals with with agrochemicals and stuff. I mean, that all is a pretty energy-intensive um, products, you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, okay. Um, yeah.
1: And and but, it, you know, it might work in our favour because all that um, synthetic meat that they're making um, that requires an awful lot of energy too. So that might knock that on the head. Who wants to sea. eat so, that? Yeah. yeah, well, that's right. So, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm interested to know because you were at Lincoln University, I think, part time, not there anymore, and I'm curious. To understand whether or uh, what the attitude to regenerative farming of meat is now in this sort of broader sector.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, it's a bit of a challenge, I think, for um for for institutions like Lincoln that that are traditionally focused on livestock farming, and um and with the vegan movement, um you know. Becoming more and more prominent, well, we'll see. Um, is that there's a lot of pressure on on on, um, on institutions to be um, seen to be doing the right thing? I think. And
0: what for to, for vegans?
1: Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, it's it's um, what, what, what my circumstance anyway with with being the um, the uh, a tutor at the organic training college is that you know there's 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 the impression that I get from from the people there is that that, that 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 institution that that college is pro vegan and that if you're going in there to talk talk about livestock you're basically entering the lion's den and so uh, and i've been there a couple of times where you know students have basically said you know why are you bothering with the sunset industry like livestock there's a great book by by uh fred provenza professor fred provenza from the states called nourishment how live how, how livestock can help us rediscover our nutritional wisdom so that's 40 years of research looking at why animals eat what they do in the landscape rangeland animals okay very very interesting about how animals balance their own diets all that kind of thing and 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 how we as humans could actually learn a lot from how uh, how animals uh, operate with you know um uh how, how animals self-medicate themselves and that kind of thing so you know there's some very interesting things out there regarding the the, the role of lives like and as i said you know um, when you point out um, things like, you know, as I said before, that the dock boundary, that can be quite confronting for people that believe that, um, you know, animals actually have no role in, in anything other than destroying the landscape.
0: Well, you, you could never argue that because you'd have to then argue evo- against the evolution of animals.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, you know. Even uh, the Bible, otherwise, even, the earth would
0: have even, expunged itself of animals a long time exactly, ago.
1: Exactly, but you know, even even the even the Bible says that the that that the, the cattle of the nomads, um, you know, created the deserts in the Middle East. When actually, you know, what they do is that they're blaming the resource, not the management. You know what I
0: right. mean? Right. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's what's you. happening yeah. there.
1: So, and there's a deep that there's a there's a really deep belief. I mean, there's a great example out of the states where there's a couple there um and what they do is that they they get approached by mining companies that are trying to vegetate their tailing sites okay where, the, where all the off yep. burden goes that kind of thing right these things might have a soil pH of about two and they bring in all the contractors with all the latest scientific techniques with fertilizer and agrochemicals and seeds and and all that kind of stuff and none of it works and then they bring up these this couple um they say yep we'll be there and we'll be there in six weeks we need enough money to buy a herd of cows and enough feed to last them eight to 12 weeks depending on how big the the, the area is and to set up some water systems and that kind of stuff so that, what they do they roll up in a couple of old buses <laughs> um uh, uh, yeah. uh you know um, manage these animals for eight to 12 weeks whatever it takes okay um with you know, feeding them hay there's no other vegetation there they just feed them hay and the animals um uh, you know um uh dung and urinate all over the place and and create disturbance and then they go, they, they sell the animals, give the money back to, to, to the, to the um, mining company, take their fee and their costs. And six months later, there's a thriving grassland there. Now, you would think that around the globe, people would be banging a path to their door. You know, there'd be mining companies, insurance companies, um, environmental organizations, government agencies, that kind of stuff. And they're completely ignored, despite creating a miracle, which, which um, you know, apparently can't happen. So- there's something
0: in the, in the disturbance thing, isn't there?
1: absolutely absolutely it's it's you know you don't want to be, uh, that's the thing is that if you if, if you get into a set pattern then um what we find is with 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 the environment um, is that the biodiversity society ticks down over time because everything settles and i think I think because you know, there's 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 this angst between the conventional guys and, and and the regen guys and um and you never know down the track maybe the only difference between the two might be i mean I think there's a lot of you know, farmers out there that are doing some really good things now I think maybe the only difference between sort of where the regen guys are and and uh and the conventional guys is that they'll be using a lot less synthetic chemicals that might be all it is okay we don't know but what I'm hoping is that with the regen guys what we're going to see is a greater understanding of these livestock so, so these soil plant livestock relationships these ecological relationships that drive production and uh and to be using those relationships a lot more in terms of how they talk about their farms so the public can actually understand how livestock actually benefit the landscape because the science all know it's all known through the science how that all works and then uh, and also the, the other thing is that um is there a lot more about asking are we ad- you know with the actions that we're doing on the farm are we addressing the root cause of the problem or are we treating the symptom okay now the point out to farmers if you're forever treating the symptom then you are you're stepping onto to what i call an addictive expense okay an expense yeah, that's creating that's it that never stops, but the but the benefit is declining while the cost is increasing. So, like a drug addict. Yeah, that's what it's like. So, so, and that, what that means is that you're on the that means you can't step off the inflation cycle if you're not addressing the root cause of the problem.
0: And also, I suppose um, it's a, it's an argument against those who would demonise as climate wreckers the industry, because you can actually argue, you know, mitigation of uh, adverse effects rather than the other way around.
1: Absolutely, and no one's looking into it. I mean, for example, you. Would, I mean, look at the, um, like I said, the forest fires, okay, there's not a single insurance company that I'm aware of yet that 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 um, that asks farmers, okay, we've got this forestry next door to you, we need to reduce the fuel loads in there, would you mind putting your cattle in there in the winter? And we'll pay you a fee for that service.
0: And, and there's empirical evidence that that will work, right? That's well, I mean, thing. you
1: don't see the big fires in the Western USA anymore. You've know, got them in Canada, but not in Western USA anymore. Yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, there's there's overseas. There's you know, goats is a classic example, right? Overseas, uh, you know, um, ranchers will run companies uh, grazing, uh, um, hiring out their goats for grazing, and they'll graze, you know, fire breaks, they'll graze, walkways, they'll graze, public parks, waste areas, all this kind, of, particularly in urban areas, that kind of thing, because what they find is that an animal, unlike a um, a gang of 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 people with brush cutters and and chainsaws and things, don't drop sparks. So, so, right. they're not, so they're not. So they're less of a fire risk.
0: Yeah, and and do the same stuff. job essentially.
1: Exactly. I mean, and you don't have to worry about holiday pay or all that kind of stuff as well. <laughs> so that, that's the beauty of it, Ryan. Right? I've got and a mate you over get that
0: dis- you get that disturbance effect as well, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. I got a mate over there. He, did a, he was doing an interview about his his grazing operation to a TV crew, right? And things were going fine until a goat walks past in the background with a pair of undies in its mouth because they're on a hiking trail or something, right? <laughs> I, I said that could have yeah. been worse. I said someone could have been wearing them, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs>
0: picking up picking up the uh, the stray uh, clothing too. That's apparel. it. That's it.
1: That, they yeah. make they're cleaning up the whole environment. That's the whole yeah. thing. So, so, but you know, you mentioned that in New Zealand, and you know you just get shoved out the door pretty quickly your head will spin you know this is the thing is that we can use livestock positively and no one's interested okay that's the thing i'm saying
0: it's a pity it's a pity what is if you if you could boil it down what is the greatest handbrake on the concepts we've just been talking about
1: i think it's the banks i think it's you know the we're such, you know, the problem with the banks is that, we're, well, the whole New Zealand agricultural system is that it's so debt-driven, and right. so, and so there's so much pressure on the farmer to to perform, and you know, if you're under pressure, there's there's, um, you know, there's there's no opportunity to dream and plan. You know, it's pretty hard, and the, the you know the banks, the banks' idea of sustainability, as far as I can see, really doesn't extend beyond the building that houses their headquarters for a lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't have um, loans that are based on improving landscape function. That's you know, In Australia, they do. They're starting to really move towards that. And funny that they're the same bank as what we have here, but we yeah, don't actually, see that here.
0: True. Yeah, okay. Here.
1: And so we're really driven by what, what it means to be efficient, because as you get more efficient, then the margin you make per production, unit declines. And when that happens, because you've got less money coming in, your focus becomes very much short term, and you're always firefighting. And that's what we've got to move to is more of an effective way of, of of operating that gives farmers more flexibility, and 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 the banks have 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 all the controls over that. If they want to.
0: Well, if it's um if if their headquarters in Australia are going that way, well maybe that will flip here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This. It's a it's it's a pretty thin pipe that comes between Australia and here. I think regarding ideas, so um, it takes a while well for the the ideas to come across here.
0: It's been really interesting chatting with you, John. Thank you.
1: You're welcome, Paul. Thank you.
0: John King talking to us about holistic and regenerative farming here at RCR. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.